1: Good morning, everyone. You're looking well, and I hope you're feeling well. This morning's message I'd like to entitle, Whatever it is that you're going through, God can help you through. I'd like to start off with Deuteronomy 31.8. And for the sake of time, uh, I've already written the Scriptures out, rather than uh, searching the Bible every time. But please go back and search the Scriptures yourself. Make sure I'm quoting correctly and make sure... That I'm uh, teaching accurately and sharing the word accurately. So, uh, but before we do anything, let's first open in prayer. So, um, Father, we just thank you for this precious word. Lord, uh, could you open our understandings, Father? Lord, can you give us fresh manner from heaven, fresh living water, Father? Bless us today. Encourage us. Guide us through your word, Father. We pray. Glorify your name this morning. And Lord, let everyone listening and watching. Be blessed with your peace and presence in their homes and in their hearts, I pray. We give you thanks, Lord. Bless us and help us to love your word and to live your word with your love and your wisdom. Amen. Amen. So, Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. And it reads, The Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Life can be tough at times, and it is tough for some of us at times. And now with this global uh, coronavirus, uh, there's another global virus and that's going um, in fear. People are getting very fearful of this and it's affecting different people in different ways. And so I really felt the Lord just wanted me to encourage you That nothing happens without God's knowledge. Nothing happens without God's control. Every single thing in life is under God's control. Nothing can be done. God's plans cannot be thwarted, no matter how hard the enemy or anyone else can try. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 19.21 Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's will that prevails. It's God's plans, not our plans, that's going to come to pass. There are many things, of course, we can't understand. But when God plans something, He uh, makes sure that it happens regardless of the odds. During, let me tell you a story, that during the summer of uh, 2015 in Israel, Israel was suffering constant terrorist attacks, um, which is quite often every year. And Hamas was spending all the money and all the materials they were getting to help rebuild schools and hospitals and instead pouring it in to weapons against Israel, pouring it in to build tunnels, to tunnel in under Israel to kill Israelis. Their own people's welfare came second as opposed to the uh, their absolute zeal to want to kill Israelis. One of the things that the Hamas did was they dug a tunnel um, under the border line at Gaza and across the border into Israel. And where the tunnel came out, where they intended the tunnel to come out to, was a wheat field, a big, tall uh, wheat field. And so Hamas... Planned and um, uh, dug the tunnel that way and they expected to be able to spring out of this tunnel in Israel, be hidden by the wheat field, come out, slaughter as many Israelis as possible, run back into the wheat field, be hidden and get away safely. However, at the same time, Orthodox rabbis were searching the land trying to find a kosher crop of wheat for the upcoming feast and because the um, upcoming um, land, the uh, the upcoming cycle of rest, the seven-year sabbatical was coming, and it was due. And so they needed to get a quick kosher crop of wheat. And searching the land, they went to a place called Sufa, down near the border in Gaza. And after negotiations, they purchased all the wheat there, and then they uh, harvested it early. And so all that wheat went over to um, feed the Lord's people. And then on July 17th, the Hamas terrorists jumped out of the uh, exit point of the tunnel, rolled around on the ground, thinking that they were going to be hidden away in this field of tall wheat, but instead they were in an open field that had been recently harvested. And the Israeli defense forces quickly saw them and quickly intercepted them and stopped their plans of slaughtering Israelis. Many saw this as a miracle of God. We may not see it sometimes in life. We might think, what is God doing? But God is in control. And not just in the big things. God is in, the control, God's in control of the many small things in our lives. Many times God works his miracles through common everyday events. And many times we don't see them as miracles because there's no smoke and flashing light and thunder. And so we just regard them as normal events or what some people might claim are coincidences. Let me give you a, an example of some small miracles that I, I've recently um, experienced um, just in the last few weeks. Um, twice a week I go to uh, the Aldi supermarket and pick up the food, the second best food um, that Aldi hasn't sold and pick it up and I uh, box it and I pack it into my car and then deliver it for, for needy people. And um, especially during summer it gets quiet and uh normally i take a bottle of water with me but this morning i forgot to take water and i said to the lord lord it'd be really lovely if they could give me a bottle of water and incredibly in all the groceries and all the veggies there was one bottle of water that they were giving away as well and there was nothing wrong with the water and uh, it quenched my thirst and and uh, i really thank god for that little miracle or another small little miracle um uh, a few weeks ago The petrol price had been really low and I was waiting for my next pension to come in hoping that it would stay at the low price until my uh, until I was paid so I could fill up um, my tank which was very odd for me and uh, the day that my pension finally came in um, the petrol had already risen in price jump I think it jumped like 35 cents or 40 cents a litre which is just ridiculous but anyway I thought oh What am I going to do? I didn't really want to pay the full price. I used the car and got it right down to near empty. And when it came down to near empty, I had no choice but to buy petrol. But on the day that I had to buy the petrol was the day that it dropped right back down to the low price again. So the Lord blessed me that I could get um, uh, the uh, cheaper petrol. And another time. Um, about four weeks ago, I think it was, something like that, uh, I was driving home along the toll road, which is just basically a highway, and uh, and I had a blowout, a big blowout in the back of our uh, driver's side tyre, and I pulled to the side of the road, stuck with cars running past me, driving past me, um, honking at me because I was stuck there on the side of the road and I was sort of uh, impinging a little bit on the side of the road, and... Uh, You know, you don't really choose the place to break down. Where you break down is where you break down. I didn't look and say, gee, it'd be nice to bring my family here for a picnic on the side of the road. Um, That's where the tire blew and that's where I had to fix it. Now, for me, a nice miracle would have been if a millionaire drove past and seeing that this is a 21-year-old car and it does a lot of work for the Lord. Maybe the millionaire could have driven here. The Lord's told me to buy you a new SUV and I would have said, oh, thank you. What a miracle that would be. But God still provided a miracle. A truck driver pulled up behind me and put on his hazard lights and, um, to warn traffic that something uh, was um, ahead and to keep me safe. And he helped me for 15 minutes. And so whoever you are, man, uh, God bless you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, but these are the many small miracles that God does in all our lives that we don't count as miracles because we don't perceive it as miracles. We don't thank God for them as miracles. We don't appreciate them as miracles because they're small. They are everyday events that we, we want to see, you know, big flashing signs from heaven. But these are miracles that God has um, does for us all the time. And in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will surely help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Some miracles are small. And some people think, well, it's just coincidence. But God says that he is going to be with us all the time. He's going to help us through the big and through the small. I've said before Um, of uh, one of the miracles that God did for me there's sometimes that some miracles you have no doubts that this is the hand of God and you know in 1986 I think it was um, the Lord impressed upon my heart to start um, to uh, be a minister and teacher of the word now I only went to grade 9 halfway through grade 9 in high school so I was very uneducated so that was a huge challenge for me And I remember going to Bible college and it was all a new experience for me and uh, going in and they said in the first class, here's the textbook, you've got to go down to the bookshop and buy it. So I went down to the bookshop and I had $2, that was all I had, $2, was $7. Now back then that's probably equivalent today to the book being $35 and maybe I had $10. So I was definitely short and uh and standing in the bookshop I said, Lord, what do I do? I, I need to have this book. I don't know what to do. Um uh, you know, and I just I was dumbfounded, I didn't know what to do. And then this lady who must have been about fifty five, around that age, came in and uh looked kinda nervous and walked straight up to me and she said, I'd never seen this lady before, did not know her at all. She said, Are you Bruce McLean? And I said, Uh, yes I am and then she said, "God." she shook my hand, putting something in my hand, and she walked out the door. And what she put in my hand was a $5 note, which was the exact amount I needed to buy that book. So I knew that God had given me a miracle for that moment. God knows best when we need to be blessed. In Deuteronomy twenty-eight, eight, God says, The Lord will decree a blessing on your barns and upon... Everything to which you put your hand to, the Lord your God will bless you in the land that He is giving you. So God says He will bless us; He will prosper us. And in Israel, God ordained that Israel would become a nation again. After nearly two thousand years, they did since 1948. But God was preparing the ground, and preparing people. And in 1917, there was a group of Jewish farmers in the farmland in Yavne, which is about. 14 kilometers, I think, south of Tel Aviv. And in 1917, they had all this farmland, but they had bad news that a swarm of locusts, a plague of locusts was sweeping down and heading towards Yavne. And they knew, all the Jewish settlers there knew, that if the locusts ate all their crops, it would destroy their harvest and they would go broke. They they had nothing. And so they didn't know what to do. So all they could do is hope. And pray. And at night they heard the locusts and in the morning when they woke up they feared that all they would find is a damaged and ruined crop. But instead they looked out and there was a sea of white. Thousands and thousands of white storks had flown in to eat all the locusts. And not only were, were the crops saved from the locusts because the storks ate them, all the storks pooped actually fertilized the ground even richer and it was the best harvest they ever had. So once again, God created a miracle out of nothing, out of the unexpected. I think of another story of uh, farmers Aaron and Sabrina Martin. And they lived in rural Wyoming on a farm and uh, all things were going well until 2016 when they noticed that on their crop of wheat, a disease had come called rust. And what it did, it deformed the wheat plants and stopped the heads of the wheat from growing. And Aaron said that normal farms would, you know, uh, spray insecticides with it to try and save what was left of the crop. But... Aaron and Sabrina's farm was 100% organic. They couldn't use pesticides or anything else. All they could do and all they could use was prayer. But the disease had well and truly gone through his crop of wheat. And they didn't know what to do. Naturally, they expected they were going to go broke because they needed that crop to be able to pay all their bills, to put food on the table for for them and their children. And so they just... They even thought of, okay, maybe we should stop giving our tithes and and giving our money to our favorite ministries, but trying to save for the inevitable of of being having no money. But they decided, no, we are not going to dishonor God. We're going to continue to honor God, giving our tithes regularly to church and giving um, our offerings to our regular ministries that we uh, um, love. And so they did that. And one Sunday, they um, Aaron and Sabrina went to church. And in the church service, halfway through the service, the pastor called them up the front. He stopped the service and called them up the front. And the pastor said to them, I don't know what's happening, but the Lord is telling me to tell you. Whatever, and it must be something big. Whatever you're going through, trust in the Lord. Keep your eyes focused on him. God has got it in control. And to Aaron and Sabrina, that was a confirmation to keep giving money, keep um, honoring God with their money, keep paying their tithes, keep paying their offerings and trusting in the Lord against all hope because that rust was destroying all their crops. And so Aaron would have to go out and plow all the crops under and try and uh, uh, wait for the next year to to, uh, make another crop. But when he went out and checked the crop of wheat, he found the stalk that he looked at, had a big head of wheat. And in fact, then he discovered that even though the crop had rust, all the heads of the grain still uh, grew. And he had the largest, most profitable crop in that area that year. So they learned that God can be trusted. And Sabrina Martin uh, said, this had to be a miracle. Because it happen, it's only by God's grace, it's only the way it's only sorry, it is the only way that wheat produced the harvest that it did. If you're struggling, it doesn't mean that God has left you. He's still there. He's just waiting for you to rely on him and trust that he knows what is best. and that's exactly it. God does know what is best. He knows the big picture. We all sit and worry and get concerned, but God actually knows what's happening. So whatever you're going through, friends, God can help you through it if you lean on him. Psalm thirty three eleven. Psalm thirty three eleven says the counsel of the Lord stands forever, and the purposes of his heart to all generations, whatever the Lord wills, Whatever his plans are, that is what's going to stand. Nothing can stop God's plans for your life. Nothing. If God has planned it, it is going to be done regardless. And another story to give as an example of that. In 1948, when Israel declared itself a nation, she was attacked by five Arab nations surrounding her. And uh, many said that Israel would not survive, but miraculously she survived. And the Jewish citizens uh, fought bravely. And at a place called Lydia Airport, the Arabs had invaded and taken the land and there was thousands of Arabs. And there were only 16 Israeli soldiers. And they weren't really soldiers, they were just fighters. You know, they were trying to fight back and defend the land that uh, they now had. And so, they remembered the the miracle of Gideon, who with 300 men fought off multiple thousands of enemies. So these 16 fighters, with that in mind, went into the camp of the Arabs. 7,000 Arabs. And they dressed dressed like local Arabs, 16 of them against 7,000 Arabs. That's at odds of over 400 to 1. We would be freaking out and scared if we had 20 people against us. They had 400 plus each against them. But they walked in the camp and then separated and then started to absolute Mayhem and panic among the Arab soldiers, and the Egyptian soldiers there fled the scene and went back to the Arab lines, and sixteen soldiers, Jewish soldiers, liberated Lydia Airport from seven thousand Egyptian soldiers. God is a miracle worker. Isaiah 30:17 says, A thousand will take flight at the threat of one. At the threat of five you will flee until you alone, like a lone pole in the mountaintop, like a banner on the hill. In other words, God says vast armies will flee at his people when he stands for his people. He's the same God today as he was then. Every miracle that God did is the same miracles that he can do today. He does them in many different ways, but sometimes we far underappreciate what God is doing. Because life is so busy, and we are so busy chasing success, so busy chasing personal satisfaction, that we forget that the real and only true satisfaction can come from the Lord. This is why Hebrews 13.5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is with us. And if we learn to be content with whatever we have, that will make us truly happy. Or we can always be grumbling about what we don't have and never be happy. Remember, in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God is our shepherd. And a shepherd in Israel, he takes out the sheep. The sheep don't tell the shepherd where to go. The sheep trust the shepherd. He alone knows where to go for the food. And I always used to think that the green pastures, you know, um, that where the sheep lay down and eat, and eat the grass, I thought it was like ankle-deep, uh, beautiful, soft alfalfa grass or just rolling there and the sheep could just lay there and fill their bellies and just go to sleep, you know, over full and so blessed. But when you go like into the mountains of Judea and and in the wilderness, the grass is only little tufts of grass on barren hillsides. And the shepherd makes sure the sheep have enough for that day. He's not overfilling them. He gives them enough for what they need that day. And Ray Vanderland, a brilliant Bible teacher, was sharing how he was uh, going to Israel to take a study tour to Israel. But a week before he was to go, his mother sadly passed away. And uh, he was, of course, traumatized and um, very upset. He said he was undone. he was His tank was empty. And he thought, how can I possibly go next week to Israel and teach a, um, a, a group of Bible college students? all about God when I'm so hurting, when when I'm so missing my mum, when I'm so grieving the death of my mum. And then he remembered that psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. He gives me what I need today. And he realised it was way too big for him to think about next week. He had to take one day at a time. Lord, you give me what I need to get through today. We need to learn, friends, that God, Our shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd, and He will make sure that we don't want, and that doesn't mean whatever we want, it means He will make sure that we have what we need today. Jesus said, Don't worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's got enough worries of its own. You know, the shepherd controls where the flock eats, He makes sure the flock is fed and watered. And our Lord is our true shepherd and he will make sure that we his flock are looked after and have what we need for today. Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And called according to his purpose. You have answered the call. And all things work together for good. God makes good out of everything. In this last week, I've been wanting to do a lot of online studies and and teachings, and I've been way too sick, way too sick. And I'm thinking, Lord, how how does good come out of that? I don't know. But God's word says he will turn it for good. Everything he turns to good. We can't figure it out. Stop thinking of the whys because we'll never figure it out. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We cannot comprehend God. What we can do is learn to trust him. You know, when it comes to this coronavirus, people worry, will it bring death? And it already is. Thousands of people have died around the world. What can we do? Christians aren't bulletproof. But there are four things that are absolutely certain for every believer, every follower of Jesus. Number one, God is watching over each and every one of us. Number two, death comes to every human except the last generation when the Lord returns. So every one of us, if the Lord tarries, every one of us, will come to the valley of the shadow of death. Number three. We will not pass from this earth. Not one of us will die one second before God has planned and ordained us to. And number three, God says that when the believer dies, it is a beautiful homecoming to the Lord. To be welcomed into his land, his heaven, his haven, his house, a place of no fears and no tears. All we can do, friends, is trust the Lord. So how do we get through these tough times? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Read your Bible. Listen to and watch encouraging messages. Keep contact with fellow believers and encourage others. And pray every day for our homes, our families, our communities, our nation and other nations. For our world, pray. Ask God's mercy and comfort to the thousands of families who've lost loved ones already. Pray for God's presence and his peace in every one of our homes. Isaiah 26.3 says, Lord, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. When you trust in God, God will give you peace, his his perfect peace. And just like at Passover, in which the season it is coming to right now is Passover, just like at that ancient Passover, when people were hiding in their homes, hiding from the plague of death, And the only way that the people were saved was to paint the blood of the Passover lamb on the doorway of the house, showing that they were under the blood of the lamb, that they had repented, they had asked God for forgiveness and showed the blood on the doorways of their homes. Just like that today, as people hide in our homes, as we hide in our homes, are staying away from this plague that's sweeping the world. It is only the blood of the Passover lamb, Jesus, our Passover lamb, that will keep us under his care and guidance. I encourage you friends, if you haven't painted the blood of Jesus over your heart, if you haven't repented, if you haven't said, God, I need to be saved, today is the day that you need to get yourself right with our God, get your home right with God. And ask God's peace and protection. Today is the day that God wants us to think that he's in control. To remember that he's in control. To trust in him. Even though it's hard times. I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you. That May the Lord make His face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and flood you with His peace. I pray that His presence and His peace flood your heart, blesses your home. And if you don't know that true peace of God, please contact Life City Church. And we'll be happy to help guide you in a new and living walk with the living God.
0: Thank you for joining Life City Church. And we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.